Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When we started to get this one off the ground, there were a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do you get the show into all these podcast apps like Apple, Spotify, and Overcast so people can actually listen to it? I've seen some shows make a bunch of money. How can I? The answer to every one of these questions is simple. Anchor. Anchor's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. It's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use, to the point where you can pull out your phone right now and knock out a solo episode if you wanted to. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means that you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. Anchor makes it easy for us to record from wherever, whenever, and not worry about unreasonable subscriptions or limits. It's the easiest platform to get your show on all bigger platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You even get to see how your show is doing per episode by how many listens you've received with Anchor's metrics. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm start to join us and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Now let's get this shit popping. Hey everyone, it's your girl Chris Cash here with Young Black and Bothered Podcast. This week we have a special edition of just Ladies Week. And of course, since I am the only female on um, Young Black and Bothered, I'm hosting. And again, my uh, social media is Chris Cash DC, and that's on Twitter and Instagram. And I have my lovely guest, Miss Iris. She was my college roommate, just to give you some. Um, background but iris does a lot of dope things she's always done a lot of dope things so i just had to have her on the show and here she goes hey everybody um i'm iris as chris said old college roommate um i am i live in new york i am a uh, producer and actress in situations web series uh, also in higher education and i'm I be bothered sometimes, so we just about to <laughs> yeah here talking about what bothers us. <laughs> That's good. Oh, tell them your social media handles, please. So you can catch me on Instagram at oiris. That's O H I R I S. And if you dare, you could also follow me on Twitter at i r y s s x underscore. O-L-O-G-Y-C. I kind of make it hard for people to find on purpose. But anyway. Which is good because, you know, a lot of people be clucking with <laughs> social media and things. So, okay. The first thing I wanted to talk about on our lovely docket that we have prepared is the news. So if you've heard, you know that our lovely president of the United States, Mr. Donald J. Trump, is wilding. Full respect. <laughs> I don't understand what he's doing. First of all, his beef with LeBron James. Can we talk about this tweet? All right. <laughs> the first thing is I think the only person who should be offended, like Charlemagne should, should be Michael Jordan because it's insulting to him <laughs> that the man that everyone hates loves you <laughs> true and i so, also think it speaks to like what he's done for the black community like i think there's some underlying messages there exactly like we already know that michael jordan has some 
questionable allegiances when it comes to his, uh, when it comes to our community, the black community. Um, it's been, I know that maybe he came up in like an era where they just want athletes to be quiet and like dribble their basketballs and um, don't talk about anything or don't do anything that's outside of sports. But mm -hmm. I know that right now we're at a time that people are realizing that that's not just about to fly. Like it's not just about to fly. Cause if you are such an <laughs> right. icon and an idol in um, the black community to a lot of young black boys and girls, then you gotta stand for something. Cause like, wh why are we giving you our dollars and idolizing you if you don't care about us? Yeah. I think that really is prevalent. I don't even think, I mean, Granted, people still love Michael Jordan, especially if he was born before circuit 1992. <laughs> I would say anything above us, like you probably are Jordan Stan, you love Michael Jordan. And I also have, think that plays to like where the media was at that time, mm. because it really wasn't like accessible to know the horrible things that Jordan has done or said. Mm -hmm. The media was kind of controlled back then. And it's like, now it's like, okay, we know this guy really was never rocking with us. Even the statement he um, put out about it, it was just very generic. It was just like, oh, I think LeBron James is doing great things for the community. But it's like, <laughs> do you care that a bigot is like, fuck it with you right now? <laughs> like, like, it's just a little crazy to me. And I just feel like we put that like in for granted when we think about like who's the best but who's the best all around i really mm. think lebron james really earned that title because he's very involved in not only his sport but he's also involved with social issues mm -hmm. so i really like that about him but that leads us to the fact that the kkk is coming to dc this weekend <laughs> And they're actually going to get, like, Metro Escorts, their own personalized trains, which I'm kind of glad that my, my job is sending me to Vegas this weekend, so I won't be in any of that. Because <laughs> I was going to be like, I'm praying for you, girl. Cause. Oh, no, hell no. I got the hell out of there. I'm, I will actually be gone from the 9th through the 12th. And the um, March actually takes place the 10th through the, the 11th and 12th, I believe. And I just want to know, how were they able to be issued these Metro Escorts? Because I feel like there has to be some type of process going. Like, they didn't even do that for, like, the Million Man March. And that shit was mad peaceful. So I'm just trying to figure out what's going on here. I just think that the fact that they need these escorts is just like underscoring the fact that this shit don't need to be plate taking place in a city that was once deemed chocolate city is right. wild to me that, that it's like people know that this shit is like that it's messed up and that um, it should be something that is happening. So that's why it's kind of like, I don't know, it's really like a triggering like gaslighting just thing that mm -hmm. seems like it's something that's in place to make black people mm -hmm. pissed, pissed off <laughs> yeah it's got to be like some underlying way and i think especially like you brought up a good point talking about gentrification in dc like it's been happening pretty rapidly like right now i am living in gentrified dc i mean i still can't overlook the hood so i like that <laughs> that i can see it but 
it's really just taking over. I remember when, like, where I live now, people wouldn't go to. And this was, like, when I was in high school. So it's like, okay. It happens so fast. And I, I think it's kind of like being rubbed in our faces a little bit. Like, oh, we're taking your land and there's nothing you can do about it. And we're coming to March. And you got to watch this March. Like, it's just, like, a lot. Definitely. It seems super wild to me. I know I am, I'm from Jersey. So I went down to DC. I think my first time going down to DC, I was in maybe high school. Mm -hmm. And to me, I've heard of DC. I've heard it be called chocolate city. Like I've heard of it being like a place that is kind of like primarily like a lot of black people, a large black population, but I go there now and I look around and I'm like, this was really a place that was primarily <laughs> black. It's, yeah, it's hard to believe, right? <laughs> it's hard to believe, <laughs> and it, it makes me so infuriated. They put it, they pushed basically everyone out of the city into PG and Virginia and parts of Montgomery County, and even Montgomery County can't like. There's parts that like we still can't afford, so they're really pushing you out into these different areas of Prince George's County like right over the DC line. And it, I just think like as natives to this city, we should have a little bit more loyalty from our like lawmakers, but that's just like a whole other <laughs> different story. But it seems like the KKK is out everywhere because they um, recently been recruiting in New York city by giving out candies So which way to a racist heart is by a Snickers. <laughs> And I just think that's just crazy that they're using these tactics and things like candy. See if a child sees that, they may think, oh, this is cool. They're giving out candy. Like, KKK is awesome. And what are these, like, I don't know, maybe these companies that are being used, maybe they could come back and say, like, hey, we don't support this. Because I've seen a lot of, like, Snickers and Starburst and stuff in these little invitations that are just being passed out all around like city mm. local cities, not even just in New York. I've seen it happening in parts of Maryland. They recruit like that. Um, parts of Virginia. It's just a, like a normal thing now. This is interesting to me. Cause now I'm, I'm just thinking, is this, I just think that a lot of these are just tactics to just trigger black people and make us angry because <laughs> mm -hmm. why go someplace else there is so much of the country that's predominantly white as hell go like there. montana or something go there <laughs> leave us alone leave us alone to be our beautiful black ass selves here like go away if you look at maps that break down the demographics of the country and like mm -hmm. where people of color actually are there are so pretty much around the coast, throughout the South, on, um, on the coast, but you don't really see. There's a whole bunch of country all up in the middle there that has little to no black people in it. Take your eyes there so we don't have to deal with your race bad. Yeah, but I think it's like a new comfortability, if that's right. Yeah, they, like, I think they just feel comfortable with the fact, like, it's humorous to them. Like we go on social yeah. media, mm -hmm. we see like, uh, what is it? Uh, peddling Peggy. I forgot her name, <laughs> but she's like, the, 
like it's funny to call the cops on blacks because Mm -hmm. it's entertainment like let me just call the cops on some blacks and i've seen like other people make these videos like oh a black person was sitting on my stoop let me go call the cops it's like is this a new thing is this a new joke and like white america i don't know maybe like white twitter thinks this is funny maybe i I just don't understand like when did racism become cool is that what make america great in <laughs> i think that's exactly what it means to them and i think that a lot of a lot of it is really just trying to trigger and trying to and like just doing inflammatory things to mm-hmm. black people to incite because they want us to be the stereotypes that they've always thought that we were they want to trigger us into like acting out or doing something out of character yeah, um, and then we'll be all over social exactly. media going viral as like an angry black person. Like, see, this is why we shoot you guys. And I hate to put it like that, but in a way, no, that's, that's what exactly they're what they're doing. <laughs> I feel like, and anytime something like this happens, and then you know, the the white person tries to play victim or anything like that, I'm like, yo, y'all not stupid. Y'all know exactly what you're doing. Whenever these little things come out, and then like black people get angry about it, and then other people try to say. Oh, it's not that serious. Yeah. Nah, um, they know exactly what they're doing. <laughs> I'm not it's like, like um, no, bitch, it's that serious. This kind of like reminds me of when we were in college and, you know, they had the college Republicans mm-hmm. and they had this Obama Hitler in the <laughs> wall. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, why the fuck would you do that? Like, Obama is nowhere comparable to Hitler. Like, like why the fuck do you think that was okay? And then furthermore, if you do feel like that, Why'd you feel the need to put it in a window where everybody else has to see that shit? Mm-hmm. Nobody else wants to see that shit. Keep your shit to yourself. Mm-hmm. It's have a swastika hanging up on your fucking wall if you want to, but why the fuck do you have to share your opinion with everybody? Like, I just think that's the problem with social media right now is that everybody feels like their opinion needs to be heard. And it really doesn't fucking need to be mm-hmm. heard. <laughs> like keep something like, the mind was made for a reason. You could keep some thoughts to yourself. I just saw this post the other day and it said, why be racist, sexist, or homophobic when you could just be quiet? Yes, I need that on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> you can really just shut the fuck up and everything will be okay. Which, remi- which brings me to our next topic today is dating. <sighs> okay, so first let me say this. I've noticed a lot within at least our community, our community that men nowadays, and I'm not sure if this is just a DC thing or if this is just a universal thing. So Iris, you could tell me, but I feel like guys now really want to be courted. Like that is like the new norm, at least in DC guys are looking for girls to say, Hey, I want to take you out. Let me take you on this dinner. Let me invest my time. And then I'll see if it's worth it for me to reciprocate the same feelings. Is that like a thing in your area or no? <laughs> I will say certain places. I mm-hmm. or it's, it's a case by case. I know that me and my friend who lives um, in South Jersey, closer to Philly, she says that she sees this a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that it is more of a, but okay. So I have mixed feelings about this because I feel like part of it is them trying to, uh, it's like a thing that's trying to be funny because they know like, oh, women do this all the time. Then why mm-hmm. can't men 
get away with this too. You know, yeah. just like testing the limits to see what yeah. they can get away with. Pretty much. I feel like it's a, like a new, I don't know. I was talking to one of my friends about this uh, recently and I feel like there's a gender role switch in a sense. And I feel like a lot of men are feeling resentful towards women saying like, okay, you guys want to be equal, but you don't want to be equal in every single way. Mm -hmm. So I think they come back and say, well, we want to be taken out on dates too. We want to be pursued. We want to be told what we want essentially. Now me, I grew up in a mindset, like you don't ask a guy out. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like I was just raised like that. Like, you don't ask a guy out. If a guy really wants you, he'll make it known. If he doesn't mm-hmm. make it known, then, like, fuck him, essentially. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, why do I want some timid-ass man anyway? But maybe I'm looking at this wrong, but I just feel like that's just my way of being brought up. I mean, I agree, because I don't... I think I've tried to do the whole ask a guy out thing twice as a social experiment to Mm -hmm. see where it would get me. And it got me nowhere. So therefore I am not doing that (laughs) shit anymore. So, um, because I really do believe like based on doing it and then not doing it, I'm like, okay, if a guy is really interested in me, like, you know, you toss in the the signals here and there, and then he will come and, um, and pursue me. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, because I'm not, I'm not doing that anymore. I really tried it a couple times in a social experiment. It was a dub. I'd be like, oh, we should go out. And I'm like, yeah, sure. And then it just never came to fruition or anything. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to stick to what I know. Yeah, it, it's really, it's just awkward to me. Like, what the fuck do I look like going up to a dude saying, hey, I really want to take you out, son. Like, what? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I just feel mad awkward, like. I feel like I'm desperate. Like, oh, damn, I got to go up to a nigga. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I agree. And to, in my experience, guys will say that they mm-hmm. like that, but I don't think they really do. Or it is I don't think they really, like it either. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they really like it. I think it's just something that they, something that they say. Like some myth-ass shit. Like, oh, yeah, um, I love it when a girl pursues me. No, the fuck you don't. You the don't. first thing you're going to do is say, that bitch thirsty, mm-hmm. and she bought me some, some stuff, and that's why I was fucking with her. Not I, because she's a good quality woman. Exactly. I think that that's the same, the same thing about when guys say, like, they want you to pick up the bill, like, they want women to pick up the bill on the first day. Something. I think that that's something that they don't really like it, because I have try to do the reach for the bill <laughs> and i've had on at least three separate occasions the guy was like so you don't think this is a date or he'd be like mm. why did you you're not what you one guy said verbatim i think you listen to um independent women by destiny's <laughs> child too many times or something i was just like <laughs> i always do like the fake reach like hey okay um i'm gonna like fake reach into my purse and then you say, oh, no, I got it. Right. <laughs> but I really have no intention of paying. For the future, if any guys ever hear this, I'm not here to pay. <laughs> I've never, I used to do the fake reach. I really used to do the fake reach. And then I just stopped because I'm just like, you know, let me just manage expectations. And it's like, I'm not going to do the fake reach. If you happen to say then, if you, then now you have to say, okay, so we're splitting this or, okay, you got to mm. lose some time. Granted, sometimes, like, if I'm out or a couple dates in or something, like, I'll get around to drinks or something. Oh, yeah, know, like, yeah. Do something. First date, though, 
No. You, I'm not setting that expectation. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I, I definitely did used to do the fake reach quite a bit. I used to do it, but it made things more awkward. So now I'm just in there like, <laughs> what's up? Okay. The fake reach. I'm just like, okay, I'm here, but I'm really not paying at all. I, and then also like, I hear guys complain about like, oh, girls only want guys that'll do X, Y, Z or spend this amount on the first date or shoot. I only date guys that, um, they'll say things like girls only want guys that'll take them to like expensive restaurants, like Ruth Chris. And they'll just start naming all these like inflammatory statements. And I'm just like, how many bitches do you know? That's like, yo, I gotta go to Ruth Chris on the first date or I'm not fucking with you. I just feel like that's just not a real thing. Like maybe it is, <laughs> I just feel like I know more girls that have that are just not like that. Like I agree because whenever I hear guys say stuff like this, I'm like, what type of women are you <laughs> finding? Where are you finding them? Like, who's gonna send you a laundry list of restaurants that are only acceptable to take them to? Yeah, I just it's, that's I'm like, where are you finding this woman? Like, what type of energy are you putting out there to make her think that you're the type of like ball of energy? Uh, like I don't know like so yeah that's definitely something that I don't think happens often and I know I know a bunch of women and none of them ever I've had a conversation where they say like oh yeah um I made him take me to some expensive ass restaurant somewhere um because that's the only place I go or something I'm like I don't I'm what the fuck do you eat when you out with your girls that's what I'm saying like how is that the only place you go I mean Maybe that's just another, like, socioeconomic circle that I'm just not tapped into. Yeah. Because I just maybe. feel like at this stage of my life, I can't be making demands like that. Like, <laughs> yo, I only eat Del Frisco. Bitch, you ain't been to Del Frisco in <laughs> how many times? How long? Like, so you're going to, I'm not going to give my man any type of unrealistic expectations that I know I couldn't do for my own damn self. If I know I can't eat $50 meals every fucking day, why would I expect my man to take me out on $50 meals every time we go out? Like, that's just crazy to me. And that's why, guys, y'all need to, when a woman says, I don't know, you pick the place or something, pick that place. Because a lot of times, <laughs> we do not have to make sure that it's within your like tax bracket. Because you don't want mm-hmm. us saying some outlandish stuff or something that you, you know can't do at the moment so mm-hmm. when we say we don't know you pick the spot just go ahead and pick the spot it's not us being indecisive it's us trying to help you out right exactly i just talked to one of my um i also actually talked to my old college roommate chelsea and she was telling me how she went on a date with a guy and he told her straight up like look you can only order from this side of the menu sis and she was like you know what okay <laughs> i'm okay with that Cause at least he was upfront with it, and I was like, you know what? I respect it. Like if y'all just going out for drinks, and he's like, you know, appetizers only. I've never experienced anything like that. But I feel like if somebody came to me like that, I I wouldn't know what to do. I'd probably just be like, all right. <laughs> I would. So I've definitely been trying. Like in some instances, first of all, just pick a place that you know you can handle. Right. <laughs> just pick a place that you know you can handle. Um. Because I've definitely been in places and I'm looking at the menu and I'm like, dang, this is the most, ex- 
expensive thing on the menu, but it wasn't really that expensive. It was like, it was at a seafood spot. So I went, I couldn't pick what I wanted. So I was like, oh, I want the one that comes all together. I want the combo thing that has everything. And I was looking and at first I was like, dang, am I going to look at, am I going to look like that person who gets the most expensive thing on the menu? But then I was like, I mean, set the standard high. I don't think he would have brought me here if he couldn't afford it. So that's what I'm saying. Don't, don't be bringing me to no damn like Charlie Palmer Steakhouse and you're like, okay, appetizers only. <laughs> what the fuck we here for? Like, <laughs> we could have went to Applebee's. Yeah. <laughs> Got the two for two. At least I would have had a whole meal. Right. You giving me finger foods and shit. Like, okay. And I, like, I, I also feel like it's the type of dude. Because some dudes mm-hmm. are really creative. Like, mm-hmm. I've gone on dates with some guys where they really ain't spend shit, but I had a great time. Like mm-hmm. they just really know how to just make somebody feel good in their presence versus, okay, if I drop 200, she'll know I care. Mm-hmm. Like, mm, not necessarily. Cause it could be just like a boring date. Exactly. I've been on a lot of dates where these young professional guys with decent paychecks, you know, they'll take me out, but it's just like either them gloating about themselves mm-hmm. or, <laughs> just like a waste of time and I feel like shit if going on a cheap date with a nigga I could actually relate to is better than like you trying so hard to impress me that you're not even being yourself this Mm -hmm. is inorganic it's almost like this is like your standard date and you just fill in different women to do it that's why another thing when the guys who say stuff like oh you know I'm not trying to take women out on dates without this out of third first because I don't want them using me as a free meal oh then I'm God. like don't just present a date that's not just the free meal babe. If, you're, if that's your deep concern if that is such a concern to you do something mm-hmm. that doesn't make you just a free mm-hmm. meal like, like why do you keep taking me out to dinner like <laughs> we could go to a movie or we could go to our show where we could actually engage instead of you just saying you know nah sis all you want to do is get meals nigga that's all you take me on is meals like (laughs) you mad at me because of what you bring it to the table right which is crazy so like um this also brings me to this in this area like women tend to make more than men at least black women tend to make more than black men in this area and how do you feel about that? Like, if you were put in that situation, if you were making more than your significant other or the guy you're dating, do you think that is a problem or do you think he should match, like, what you're bringing to the table? I, okay, so me personally, it's a little different because I work in higher education and um, working in education, period, I mean, there ain't too many <laughs> people making less than like mm-hmm. that um well actually that that's not true because you know you have the other well there's no not that many people who are salary making mm-hmm. less than you rather um so i'm like dang you making less than me that's yikes right like i mean it's, it's a little tough granted that's not always the first thing you know if um Cause it depends on, you know, like the person. Cause like, let's say you're already like in a, in a relationship or something with somebody, you're dating somebody. And then 
let's say I were to get a promotion or something mm-hmm. and you still, where are you at? And I'll make it more now. We've already set a foundation. We already have built this union, this partnership together. So I'm not about to be like, mm, make more than you now, bye. But right. I will say, there are some men who as much as they talk about how they want their women to be equal, this, that, and the third, they feel emasculated by that shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's true. Like, for me, there's... There, <laughs> let me just go into this. Okay, so in the hill... Like, we usually all start the same, but there usually starts to create a divide as you start to move up, which is normal. I'm, I mean, me personally, I've never dated any Hill staff. Gross. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're cool and all for homies, but I just don't like, I don't know. It's just too close for comfort <laughs> in my book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I've seen a lot of Hill couples get established because you spend so much time working there. It's only natural for you to connect with the people that you work with 24-7. You got to think, like, some offices, if it's, like, an important matter on the floor, you may not get home until the next day. Like, you literally have to sleep in that bitch. So I can see these couples getting formed. It's like, oh, my God, we worked on this together, and we spent so much time, blah, blah, blah. But then... A lot of the times, the guy tends to go off the hill. And I think it's because he wants to make more money. Like, I don't know. I just, yeah. I've just seen it happen so many times. And I feel like, at least in this DC, DC culture with professional women, a lot of times they, um, well, it's like two different types. Like, you'll have the kind that, you got to be having a certain status clout. Like, even if you don't got the money, you got the name, you got mm-hmm. something. But then you have some women like, I make all the money. I don't really need a man that does X, Y, Z. So I don't mind taking care mm-hmm. of my worker who ain't got no job for real. Like, like it's cool. Like, what, if I'm making 170000 and my man only make forty, it's cool. Like, but I feel like, I don't know. I feel like there would be some type of like internal battle. I mean, maybe if your man's comfortable with that, but I just really don't see how many guys are really comfortable with that now. I really don't think. Like it's cooling on until you see them checks rolling in and you can't mm-hmm. do shit about it. <laughs> but, you know, like, yeah, like even my, my, like my, um, my stepmother, she makes more than my father. And I, I don't think my dad personally cares, but I can see the people around him like, yo, mm-hmm. your wife's mad controlling, your wife's doing this. And she's really not. She's just the brand winner. Mm-hmm. Like, and they just be stereotyping her. And she's really not even that the way that they're making it seem like she's just controlling my dad. But it's like, no, she's just the brand winner. She don't really be controlling. I don't know. Yeah, I had a friend who made, like, she was making six figures, and she was seeing this guy who was, like, I want to say he was making roughly, let's say, let's say 60, let's say 60, 70 round, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. He would always use that as the excuse to why they couldn't, like, take it to the next level, because he wanted to be more established, he wanted to be able to meet her on her level. But honestly, I don't really think that's the reason. <laughs> I think oh yeah, niggas be lying too. <laughs> we could just have a whole discussion on how niggas be lying. <laughs> lie about so many things. But um, 
Yeah, we kind of already touched on the next topic, but we can just go on this since we're talking about being a black woman with power. So working in the workforce, like how do you, do you feel like there's more expectations on you being a black woman in the workforce? I'm, I mean, I'm not sure of your office. I mean, I'm fortunate enough now to work on a staff that has a lot of minorities on it. But before my prior office, it was very slim. It was like maybe four or five of us in the whole office. <laughs> so it's like, I felt like there was pressure on me to do well because I am a young black woman. Um, <clears throat> so I will say working in, I work at a very, I work at a pretty diverse university they're really big on the whole social on social justice Mm -hmm. and they're really they see themselves as a progressive institution um when i first started there my team it was um on the actual team as far as people in my same position there were five of us three of which were black women Mm. um all around the same age a little bit older um, and that was, that was really like ref- refreshing because I'm coming from an office where it's like, there were two and a half of us and a lot of the other ones rotated out. I was the only full-time, um, full-time black woman working there. And, um, there I will say more. So I think that I got a lot of, they didn't treat me very well there. And they would always say like stuff like behind, like quietly, t- like talking behind me behind my back and stuff and I think that it's because they didn't want me to turn into the angry black woman I think that they Mm. wanted me to like so that's why they were I think they were kind of afraid to say things to my face and I'm like you're my director you're my supervisor I want like (laughs) good feedback I want you to be able to give me feedback and not at the last minute then you say something like super passive aggressive toward me um but I will say now it is a good change like my like people on my team, there is a sizable, now it's only two of us actually, the black women who are actually on my team, but our, um, I guess our boss's boss is a black woman. So it's pretty decent there. And I don't think I feel the same, mm-hmm. like the same pressure or the same like hostility, same hostility <laughs> that I did mm-hmm. um, when I was at my old job. But I also will say here that you don't always work in an environment where you think that the, where the other black women are actually looking out for you. But I do think that in some cases in this job, I see ones who are looking out. And mm-hmm. in some cases in this job, I see ones who are just like, I'm just here to make sure I'm good. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very fortunate that my boss, she really be looking out for us and other senior staff members, they really look out for us. Like they're plugging us in. Like, this is who you need to meet. This is who you need to know. This is where you need to go. And that's just not the normal culture. It's mm-hmm. really not. Like, I came from an office prior, and it wasn't as inviting. I mean, I'm not going to say that this office wasn't helping me towards my professional goals, and it didn't help me develop as a working adult. But I do feel like it was just a lot of like animosity towards it. I don't know if it was just the feel we were working on because we felt like our work wasn't that 
important as far as Hill goes, but I just think that it kind of created a a divide where everyone in the office was kind of against each other. Because mm. I don't think anybody was really fulfilled in what they were doing. So it's just like drama. Let me start some drama because I have nothing better else to do. And it's like, okay, mm. how is that going to advance us as young professionals? Like we're it, essentially like, it's a lot of our first times in co- like out of college is our first jobs, but we really don't know what to do and how to act in the workplace. So it's like, we look for a sense of mentorship, even though like we haven't asked formally, but we feel like it's mm-hmm. kind of, well, at least me, I felt like it was kind of expected. Like, yeah. Hey, you're a successful black woman. You should be looking out for me, young black girl. <laughs> and they're like, bitch, you know, I don't fuck with you like that. I made it here on my own accord. You need to find a way to. So I just think like a lot of, I've seen both sides. I've seen very involved. Like I really want you to do well. And I've seen very like, girl, like stop trying to force me to be your mentor. Uh, Say that. (laughs) And like, I think it's hard at least now, like, to find like a good mentor if you haven't tapped into one and how do you successfully ask for a mentorship? Because like it, they say it's like one of those things that you shouldn't ask, but at the same time, how can I seek one? I've been blessed enough to have them just fall in my lap, but some people aren't that blessed. <laughs> yeah. Like I had a mentor in a high, in high school and, and through college. Um, really helpful me like really helps me get through the whole college application process and just getting into college because I'm a first generation college graduate so that was really helpful but I don't think right now I have a mentor that's in my actual field that my passion actually Mm -hmm. lies in right so um I'm pretty new at my day job there so I do have people who are looking out for me people who are like helping me get to the next level and showing me how to get to the next level. But as far as my, um, as far as like my passion, like working on the web series and writing, producing and stuff like that, mm-hmm. the, I have a, a network, I will say more so is like the creator of the web series that I produce, mm-hmm. um, other writers, other, um, young creatives here in Brooklyn that are all want the same things, but, not necessarily a mentor structure, but I'm lucky enough to have kind of like a team, a network, but not necessarily a mentor. And that's something that I think would be um, more helpful for me. But again, it's like, it's hard to find, it's like you're busy. And then especially in like film and stuff like that, a lot of these people who are still, they're still working really hard to get to their next level. Mm -hmm. So I know, you know, it's how they say like lift as you climb, but some people are, they want to make sure that they can get to a certain spot before they're being lifting up anyone. Yeah. Exactly. Like, and I can see how it could be hard, especially in your industry, because everybody's trying to get up to the top. Hell, the mentors need mentors. Like, exactly. It's a lot. Like, and I don't think people, cause I have a lot of people reach out to me all the time. Hey, how do I get into politics? Like I've seen you on the Hill. Like uh, I've had people, find me on LinkedIn. 
I've found people find me on like alumni boards for records and things like that. And I'm like, well, first of all, I do find me, but okay. <laughs> but um, I try to help them the best way I can. But at the same time, I'm still figuring out myself. So it's like, how could I really feel like a mentor to you if I'm still like not there? <laughs> but I try to at least give some advice like, hey, I don't know all the answers, but this is what I did. I hope this helps you. But yeah, like you said, I really just don't have the time right now to really say like, hey, I'm going to cultivate you and make you make sure that everything is okay in your professional field because I'm still trying to figure out my own. Yeah. At most, uh, at best, because I don't feel like I'm at a position where I can, because my friend, he had this like mentoring program. He's like, oh, would you want to be a mentor? I'm like, can I, I don't think I can mentor somebody right now. <laughs> like, I don't think I, I think right now maybe I could do a little bit more maybe like college yeah yeah, high school yeah I can definitely I can definitely mentor a high school student but um what I do try to do because you know I work in education so I see the students who need like and I'll see like especially the black students um or other like young women of color and I see them being in like this pool of like not a lot of other people of color Mm -hmm. and I try to like tap them in or plug them into people who I know could help so where I don't, I don't feel that I have the strength to actually be a personal mentor to them. If I see somebody who could benefit from a connection with somebody else mm-hmm. I know who is more tapped in, then I try to yeah. do that as often as possible. Exactly. Like, hey, I think you should get coffee with this person. They really mm-hmm. helped me. <laughs> Hopefully they don't get mad. I'm sending them your way. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also this brings me to the fact of like making money in our perspective fields. Like I know you said you're doing film and um, screenwriting and things like that. And, you know, starting off, it usually isn't very lucrative. At least in my field is starting off is not very lucrative, but there are ways to get money. So I would like, could you explain like, what are some ways that help you benefit, even though you know you weren't making enough to get the projects done you know what I'm saying like yeah so I think that it's there are two schools of thought on this and the whole like quitting your day job and fully investing in your passion or having a day job and then using it to help fund your passion so um what I did at first because at first I was like okay I have to be making money specifically in film like I need to because I started off in higher education I am still working in higher education but I started off in a different type of field in higher education it was more student support um and now I'm working at an art school so I feel like it's more aligned with creative practice because a lot of people who work at my job at the university they have creative practices that they do on the side so mm-hmm. um and but the thing is at the same time higher ed doesn't make the most money education in general doesn't make the most money um yeah but for me I know it's enough for me to like help maintain and then once my uh, additional projects my creative projects start becoming more like lucrative then it can help balance me out and then eventually I can just go to that side full-time um in addition to doing the film screenwriting I'm actually taking a being using the fact that I work at my day job at the university so that I could take classes on screenwriting and film production mm-hmm. for free. 
So kind of like making sure that my day job is something that aligns with something that can help benefit my passion. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. Also just um, doing other like creative side projects. Like I do special effects makeup and if somebody needs um, a PA or like a sound person, um, just like helping out that way. And then using my resources, my network to help Mm -hmm. do create my own personal projects. So kind of it all like intertwining to make sure that I'm not completely like wasting a lot of my energy doing something that isn't at all going to be beneficial to what I actually want to be doing. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And I don't know if you've noticed, like the more connections you've made, you find people that are willing to help you if you kind of help them in a way. Mm -hmm. So maybe if you like extend yourself like, hey, I know I'm not getting paid, but I'll help you do X, Y, Z. And then that way, not only are you gaining experience, but that person's also gaining help. And that way it's like a mutual relationship. Exactly. that. Yeah. I just found like that has been beneficial, at least in my field. And it seems like you would probably feel that way too. Yeah. The whole way that I even got into um, producing on situationships, Mm-hmm. is me and the creator were working on a different project together. And I was just looking for experience. I wanted some experience on set. That's what I wanted. So, and then the other project that we were working on was just taking a long time. We were in like the development stage and I'm like, I need to be on set. Like I want to be in the trenches, like helping out on set. So she was like, yeah, we're starting to film in a couple, in a couple weeks, take my information, blah, blah, blah. I went there and I started off as a PA on set doing it completely for free. Um, And then it just ended up being, we had like a really good working relationship and then we continued and then I became producer on the show and also acting in it. So it's, it definitely was a beneficial that, that initial meeting of us. And then it ended up just me believing in her project and her believing in me to help with Mm -hmm. the project that got us to where we are. A lot of big things coming. Stay tuned. But yeah. So, (laughs) Yeah, which is good. Like, you really just have to, I just really think like certain jobs like depends on you networking. And a lot of people don't want to step outside their comfort zone and network and put themselves out there. But it's like, sometimes that's what you need to do. Like, Mm -hmm. as much as it may make you feel uncomfortable, you really just have to extend yourself to make it, which is kind of like what I did. Like, I really want to get into, um, cybersecurity policy. And I just kept throwing myself out there. Anytime I would see something cybersecurity related, tech related, I would just throw myself out there like, hey boss, do you need me to go to this briefing? Hey, do you need me to do X, Y, Z? And yeah, she would just really look out for me. All right, so back at it, we have Miss Richie. She finally came in to join us. I'm sorry. Hi, I'm Rochelle. <laughs> Tell us about you, Rochelle. Give us your social media, where you're from. Uh, all right, I'm 32. My uh, IG is Richie underscore J, J-A-Y underscore A-Y-E. I'm from Philly. I live in D.C. Well, Silver Spring right now. And, but I've been in the D.C. area since 2008. Yeah. All righty. So, 
Now we're going to move into our segment about traveling. And Richie is a great person for this. She has traveled so many places for work and pleasure, I suppose. Is that right, Richie? Yeah. So I work um, in the trade show industry. So it, you know, obviously it takes place all across the country. Um, Vegas, Miami, New York, Chicago, Houston, Dallas, all those cities. So that was like frequent travel. Um, and probably before, before I started that job, I was traveling like to islands and stuff like that. But no, oh, that's lit. Not really. <laughs> Almost <laughs> nothing really. too major. I've not, only been traveling major. to islands. <laughs> like, I mean, the Caribbean isn't really like traveling for real. Just I like, feel like it depends how you get there. If you go via cruise, it might not be traveling. But if you take a plane, you definitely travel to that bitch. I mean, <laughs> I haven't really been on a cruise, so I just I flew there. But I, I don't know. I was on resorts. It's not really like fake Jamaica <laughs> like, it's not real it's not the real Jamaica but 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 blah 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 but anyways <laughs> okay so what's the best place you guys have traveled this year I have done like no traveling this year honestly. Really? I, left, I left that job um that I was at I started a new job and I really only went to like Orlando with this job so far so that's okay, so that. if you can't do this year, what about in the last five years? Um, I had a really good time in Chicago. I went yeah, to Chicago nice. in like uh, September. It was still really nice out. Um, I was there for work, but I had a really good time. I met some people out there and like everybody was real hospitable. It was like really a lot of nice places to go. So it was like, mm. what about you iris what was your best um, travel this year or five years <laughs> yeah it was, i didn't travel anywhere this year either because my i had to start a new job as well and then you have to be there for you have to be there for six months before you can take vacation so my sixth month is next month so i'll be doing some traveling then but um before that i went on a girl's trip a nice girl's trip to curacao and it was eight of us. We had like this dope villa. It was a lot of fun. The water was amazing. The beaches were beautiful. Um, we went snorkeling and stuff, which was amazing. I was like, wow, I know exactly how Dory went missing. It was. Just- <laughs> <laughs> it snorkeling was- is fun. I, yeah, this year, I, I'm going to definitely say Coachella was my thing. I think that was like my best five year too. Maybe that was I mean, that's a dope experience. You got to yeah. see Beyonce, like yeah, Beyonce. I just think, and honestly, the concerts really weren't that fun compared to the atmosphere. Like, <laughs> if I never saw anybody perform, but just was out there, I feel like I would still enjoy myself. But oh, yeah, but, yeah, it was really just like it was just so much shit to do, like food like they also had like random art exhibits and things to do so i would definitely recommend if anybody ever gets a chance to go to coachella i know it's super expensive but if you really think about it it's all worth it three days and all those artists like i I looked at the drake tickets for um him coming with the migos and it was damn near half the price of my Mm. coachella ticket so i was just like 
I'm paying that much for one artist, right? But that was just for the like ticket to go, not the flight, not the yeah. But my flight, my flight was cheaper than the ticket, to be honest. And the travel wasn't that bad either. I I think the really the most expensive thing of that whole trip was that damn ticket. If they had like one day passes, I would have faded that. But Mm. yeah, Coachella's like all or nothing. But it was definitely very expensive. But speaking of music, hold on, hold on. Before I talk on this, do you guys think that passports are like a status symbol? Um, I think people try to use it that way. And it really is. It is a privilege. Like, everybody can't get a passport. That's just mm-hmm. that's not reality, not in America. Yeah. I think that people try to make it seem like... People try to use them as a way to make themselves look better than other people. And I think that that is where it becomes kind of problematic. Like, I talked to my grandmother the the other day and I was just like, have you ever been out the country? She was like, no. My father's never been out the country. Um, And I just, I think it's something that people really, some people take it for granted, yes. But some people also use it as a way to make themselves like appear to be better than other people. And Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of where I mean, it's really just a privilege. Like, everybody doesn't have extra money um, Mm -hmm. to travel. I mean, that's that's really just a reality. Like, there's a lot of people that can't travel. I'm trying to pay my student loans off right now. Like, if it wasn't for my job, I would not travel. Mm -hmm. I don't have the money for it. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to be out of debt. You can't keep spending if you're trying to be out of debt. It's just not a necessity for me right now. And I think it's a lot, like, I don't know if you guys seen, like, the Black and Abroad movement or, like, posts on Twitter on or other social media uh, sites. And they try to make people feel bad. Like, damn, you ain't got no passport. It's like, bitch, I've never been outside my state. Where the fuck you want me to go outside the country? <laughs> like, it, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be curious. Like, I understand having, like, a certain amount of curiosity and wanting to go outside of where you, you've been at. And I don't understand people who don't have that desire. But I can't judge you for that. Like, that's just, that's you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but some people really have no desire to travel. That's yeah. true. <laughs> and that's my father. My father has the means to go anywhere. He has his passport, but he really could chill in the house all day and be fine. Like, if he never traveled again, he'd be fine. The only reason mm-hmm. he travels is because my mom drives in places. Yeah. Only reason. And I just think, I don't know, I don't want the passport to become like a, damn, you got a passport, shawty? It's like, no, I have a passport because I studied abroad and I needed the shit. Like, <laughs> Let me tell you something. It's funny because I don't, I live in New York. I don't have a driver's license, so I bring my passport with me pretty much everywhere. And I think I get clowned for that sometimes. And like, <laughs> yo, like you bring that big ass ass whatever with you. I'm like, oh, what you trying to do? You trying to show off? I'm like, I'm not. I just, this is my ID. This is my form of identification so I can get into the club. I'm sorry. Yeah, my right. friend, she couldn't, she had, she was doing that using her uh, passport as like her ID and a bouncer in Jersey was like, yeah, we can't take that. <laughs> I was like, wait, no, what? somebody did that to me too. <laughs> They did that to me at the casino. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck you mean? I was like, the How government gave me. to other fucking countries with this shit? Are you fucking, we can't get in the club with this? I'm about to say, like, this shit is literally the most legit ID I can fucking get. Like, this shit has, like, the country seal on this bitch. Like, 
Like, you don't tell me the government, you asshole. Like, this is it. (laughs) They wouldn't let me buy beer at the fucking Crown Liquor Store in Glendale with my passport saying, um, oh, yeah, people duplicate those. I said, who the fuck is duplicating passports? This right. ain't licenses. Yeah, the cartel. Like, <laughs> now you cannot. I can. I'm. I'm cool with you not having a desire to travel. I'm not cool with you not knowing, like, and being ignorant <laughs> of like what a passport is. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. You definitely should know what it is. You you need to know what a passport is. You need to know like what that means. What does it know. do? <laughs> like, like, yeah. And, what like, do those stamps to- mean? But some people have passports and don't even know why the fuck they get stamps. They just like. Oh, I get scams because these are all the places I've been to. No, bitch, that's a visa. You get those stamps to let you go in the country. Like, you don't even know what they're for. And I just feel like before we start to look down on those who don't have the means to have it, think about why you're doing it. If it's because you generally want to travel, okay. But if you just want to flaunt that shit because whatever, I don't give a fuck about your dumbass passport. You, you know, so a lot of countries, well, some countries don't do the stamps anymore. And I've had, I've known people who get like upset, like, oh my gosh, I wanted my stamp, but I wanted my stamp. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. Cause okay. Yeah. You want to fill up your stamp, but it's just like, come on, you still have the experience. You still got your pictures. You still got, yeah, we got passport now on iPhone. <laughs> you got all your yeah. plane tickets, all your mega bucks tickets, all your parties people from events. Right. For other people. <laughs> like. I don't know. It's like it's a like I'm a I'm in a weird space. Like my gener my part of our generation, so we're all in the same mm-hmm. generation. But I'm a little mm-hmm. bit older, and I'm actually on the younger end of the older millennials. But like it's just like a weird space, like because everybody does stuff for other people. And I remember a time when that wasn't the case. Like I remember a time when social media was not it, and like I know what to hold back from social media and what to present. To social media mm-hmm. and it just seems like everybody doesn't have the discernment and people just live for social media i, I kind of wish i grew up in an era like beyonce where i could just be a hoe and nobody would know <laughs> what <laughs> what is that what i mean that in a way like not really hoeing to explain that because okay check this out that. beyonce grew up in an area where social media really wasn't that big i mean it was big but it was like what was that magazine word up that you used to get? <laughs> <laughs> and that was all the drama. You whatever was put in word up is what's happening. So they made her look like she was great. I'm sure she was out here doing shit she wasn't supposed to be doing. I'm sure a lot of these celebrities were. But at that time there was a little bit more like discretion or the media just wasn't there and they were able to do what they wanted to do. So I kind of wish like we were still in that era. Like but you can still be in that era. Cause no, you definitely can. I just feel like, like no, you don't have to share all these things. Like if you she's don't. The biggest, she's the biggest superstar in the world. And she, she was in the Louvre and did a whole mm-hmm. video. And that shit didn't leak because, you know, like, you don't have to share everything. You know, check this out. I have been just- places where I have been minding my own goddamn business. And the next thing I see is a camera po- post in my face. And I'm like, hold up, damn, I can't even enjoy my time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
It's not always you posting it. It's sometimes it's your peers. And I get it. Everybody's having a good time, so I don't really be tripping like that. Well, I have, like, securities on my shit, so you can't just tag me to anything. Well, everybody can't see what you tag me to. Anything Mm -hmm. that I'm tagged to, I got to flag it first, so there's that. But (laughs) use your tools. Use your tools. But even, like, in in the old (laughs) parties, when they used to come around with that camera, the camera. for the whole party <laughs> and then put it wherever the, I'm like what was the point of that like I get it like the whole like wanting to recap the party but I used to be like ayo you really just trying to put people out here like you really like just, uh, I got the camera I got to duck and hide like I don't want everybody to know I'm twerking I mean yeah I'm twerking but damn I see that like I used to dread it run like well time I might be in a good session with a guy but the camera's coming. I got to go. Like, <laughs> I'm just not getting caught up in it. See, I wasn't, I just, I missed that. I was in college before that was a thing. Social media didn't really pop off until after I graduated. I graduated in 2007. iPhone didn't come out until 2008. Mm, yeah. So That's definitely. It was a different world. It wasn't like that. <laughs> all right they always used to well even when we were like when we were in early in college they still recorded them they just weren't as accessible for you to find them they weren't <laughs> I, I know some videos i don't know where them joints at <laughs> i just hope they stay in the dark web somewhere because they had whole video cameras recording those parties they weren't just recording them up they have video cameras recording them. and then we'd be like where did we, we couldn't even really figure out where they were though all the time and I feel like it's even worse now. Like, oh, shit. it's worse now. It's worse now. Now they got the yeah. iPhone tens. You can't even see that big ass light flashing around. Like yeah. the light was a warning. Oh, now, it, like you know, like when you got a uh, like one of those professional ass newsman cameras, you see that big ass light, <laughs> so you can hide. Um, With the iPhone ten, it's like. <clears throat> if you catch me out, you catch me out. But like nobody that's on my time. I'm honored that actually knows me or follows me so you see it on my shit. Usually just so. say you so not late then and yeah. That way. <laughs> that was just a not wild. <laughs> She's actually fucking crazy. So yeah, no. that's what I'm saying. That's the perfect person. He's like, yo, that bitch crazy. <laughs> she actually bit Beyonce. Like that's how you that's another text method. <laughs> Talk about that tax bracket that I'm not a part of yet. Mm. So, new music that came out, y'all. Have y'all listened to the new Travis Scott, YG, or her album? I am not the best person for that. So. <laughs> <laughs> nah. I've listened to the new Travis Scott. Um, I look like Travis Scott right now. <laughs> uh, he's married to Kyle. Ky- I mean, with Kyle. Not married. He's yeah, not married. He's got a baby. Oh, okay okay they fuck or whatever i like that out like a light a like yeah. a light a <laughs> i'm a fan of travis scott but i've listened to it like quite a few times and i won't say it's better than birds yet i gotta like listen to it maybe a couple more times before i can because i really like birds in the trap i really enjoyed that album this album is cool but i'm like I've listened to it on my commute and I feel like a lot of the songs were like running together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it was too. So I got to give it a closer look, um, a closer listen rather, um, to see if, I, but I, I enjoy Travis's music. So I haven't been listening to it and been like, not as trash. I listen to it. I'm like, okay, I'm vibing. Mm-hmm. What about the eight song Hurt album? Did anybody listen to that? 
So about her, okay, I have I have a quick comment about her. Are you going to bring up the fact that she's uh, the same person she was five years ago? <laughs> Gabby I'll Douglas, be- I think. No, her name's not Gabby Douglas. That's it's the other girl. Is this Gabriella something? Gabby Wilson. Wilson. I think that's her name. Who are we talking about? Her, the girl who hides her face. Oh, I don't know who she is. The thing is, she was somebody five years ago, and she just rebranded herself and came back out. So she's really (laughs) not new at all. What I'm saying about her music is, like, I have to be in a very specific mood. She can sing, yeah, but I don't be wanting to take a nap all the time. Like, I would make (laughs) nap time music. She does make nap time music. I was listening to that shit before I got on a podcast with you guys, and I was just like, Okay, another fucking R&B junk. All right. <laughs> she sounded like Rhapsody when she was trying to rap. I was just like, oh, she's trying to rap. Ah, okay. I guess so. Like, I was just really unimpressed. But I feel like that about all these little R&B joints that pop up. Like her, Kalani, Jadea Aiko. I feel like yeah. they all just become the same person. I actually really like Kalani. I like Kalani, but I just feel like she no different than the rest of them hoes. She just got <laughs> tattoos. So I think she cool. I don't, I'm not a fan of Kalani. J- Janae, I uh, another person who makes... She's, make- like, very childish, also. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm okay with I that. I think she has, I like, like, the little childish ass weird. I think she's, like, 20, so... Oh, not. she's 20? Ooh, she's like, I thought yo, she was, she's like, 25. Really? <laughs> nah, she's not, like... She's, like, 21, maybe. Like, Yikes. Life is gonna come at her... So you mean to tell me, hold up, hold up, Kalani is 20, 20 Google years it old. real quick. She's, she's like older than 20. Google it, she's like 21. Don't tell me Kyrie Irving was out here busting over no 20-year-old. 20 20 year oh, no. Come on, Kyrie. If you ever hear this, bro, come on now. 23 <laughs> years old. Wow. Okay. That's crazy. Yeah, and she's 23. Because I remember her in the party next door. I think party next door like 23 as well. Yeah, so Kyrie was just the old yeah. head. <laughs> He's not even old. He's not even old, though. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying, but still, he caught in this young boy drama. He's 26. All right, so now I'm mad. Okay, my bad, Richie, my bad. <laughs> but he kicked off the healthcare, so he's now in the young old head club. Yeah. Once you get kicked off the healthcare, you in the young old head club. I feel like once you hit millionaire mark, you probably, like, Bought your own health care. Who, who, bought, who bought their own health care? Or care? NBA probably gave them some health care. Oh, NBA yeah. better be getting health care. NBA better be giving health care. <laughs> <laughs> I, like 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 like, I feel like the NFL doesn't give health care. But nah, they, 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 like they, like they have like a union. Don't they be striking and shit? Like, there's like I feel like the NBA, NBA cares care. about their people. The NFL definitely does not care. They're the, like, look, you Exactly. Like, I want you to get all of the concussions and they got like pictures and shit now. Like, the NFL? Like, you know, to help with the head injuries and shit. Mm. Mm. Ray Lewis need that shit because he clearly lost his damn mind. Did y'all see that new comment he had? He was talking about, yeah, I still kiss all my kids in the mouth, and all his kids was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> You ain't never kissed me in the mouth, bruh. <laughs> like, literally all, it was like two of his sons and like his two oldest daughters, they was just like, no, daddy, you don't never kiss me in the mouth. <laughs> it was like the funniest thing ever. I just feel like that's nobody's business. Like, why are we talking about that? 
Oh, about Ray Lewis kissing kids in the mouth? He said it, not us. <laughs> he said it in his speech. His whole, and I know, his, that's what I'm saying. Like, but why would you even talk about that? Like, just Yeah, you know, Ray Lewis lost his damn mind. Like, he just, that CTE. I feel yeah. like he's a murderer. He might be, allegedly. <laughs> is that alleged or is that like a thing? Like OJ? Like, I mean, is alleged. Nah. But nah. Sticky. I don't know. They, they Ray Lewis was definitely I think he was found that he did he it. Was like not, I, I feel like he was found not guilty, but like I feel like word But I think him. he had to do like community service or something. For killing somebody? Yeah. yeah. You community service. But I'm saying my man Ray Lewis was anointed. I don't think he was he wasn't sent. I don't believe he you don't get community service for murder. No, I'm I'm almost certain he got something sweet like that though. They tried to say it wasn't him, but it was him. I don't him. believe that's a Oh, I'm, about to, I'm about to look it up right now. I'm on the Wikipedia page. Here it goes. Yeah, murder. Guilty. Murder trial. Okay. I know he stabbed oh. the nigga. Oh, but it was like self defense. Allegedly. <laughs> no, so he really killed somebody. Like, oh no, he, he yeah he stabbed him, but he said he's that guilty. But it was self defense. But he's fine. Which okay. he killed self-defense. somebody. No. Self defense. Why are you quotations? That's no. Because it's, it's self defense. He's like guilty. <laughs> That's funny. But he, yeah, he pled guilty. Okay, my bad. Greg with the quick facts. <laughs> right. right. Thanks, Greg. Don't know what we're about. <laughs> I just know Ray Lewis killed somebody and then got off and became I'm a man of God. I'm just like, that's not alleged. That motherfucker did that shit. He definitely became a man of God. Don't say that. sorry. Thank you. We need somebody to Google. Yeah, shit. quick facts with Greg. <laughs> uh, that's why I need my horn noise. Burr, burr, burr. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me tell y'all this. Okay, so I'm a very big music person and I love going to um concerts. And I just feel like these concerts have gotten too fucking expensive for me. And as a music fan, I just can't afford it no more. Like the ticket prices has just gone up to a price. Like I feel like they only want certain people there. Do you guys feel the same way, or was it always like a luxury? But I feel like it wasn't this expensive. Um, I feel like I don't know. I feel like that's the cost of entertainment. So you skip a couple happy hours, and you if you want to go to this concert, or you know, whatever mm-hmm. you pinch where you can and shift the entertainment someone so you know you might shift it to one night because they, they come once in a in a blue so like it's just the cost of entertainment mm-hmm. that's so, how I look at it I think that I think that it's my t- the artists that I was a fan of way back when when I was spending like twenty dollars <laughs> right. are now these big artists that cost way more money to see so i'm just like dang maybe i just gotta switch my taste in music and just listen to underground artists and so i could be going to like 20 and 30 dollar concerts i'm saying though because i'm like they, they are I mean, getting because I, I was that's on, also, on a, that's i literally crazy. saw drake for free i saw him for free and then summer 16 came i said all right all right i'm gonna pay a little bit i paid mm-hmm. i think a hundred dollars for that ticket, and I mind you, I was in the two hundred section. And I said, "Never again will I ever be that high." 
But I was in the 200 section, paid $100, and I felt like that was a lot. And now that man, for that very. 2015. You said what? You said you got free tickets in 2015. I, I feel like they don't even give out free tickets no more. You got to like call the radio, and then it usually be some bullshit. Mm-hmm. You get up there, and they're like, oh, we actually don't My have your tickets here. Oh, see. See, that's good. Yeah. But nah, I'm just like, especially like Beyonce. It's like sis, y'all almost billionaires. Like we can't <laughs> afford your shit no more. Like <laughs> so. Additionally, so concerts are where, in addition to like endorse endorsements and stuff, um, and other deals and other like ventures. But concerts are where these artists make most of their money, especially now because the whole albums and albums aren't really a thing mm-hmm. anymore. They, I feel like it's kind of. In a like way, to balance it. It's a, yeah, so like concert prices have to go up because y'all streaming and download and everything. So concerts got to be that expensive because that's where the artists really make a lot of their money. And those productions are huge and like that mm-hmm. goes into it and a lot of like people have to get paid. So I think, yeah, that I think I'm just going to move to festivals. Know, that's going like to be Beyonce's my own thing. Worth it though. Beyonce's worth like, it. Beyonce <laughs> is worth the money that she... <laughs> Migos is puts, not. Migos is not. Migos is not worth that ticket. I've seen oh, them. Well, they no. are trash. Yeah. So I don't know about these. I don't know about these ones. Migos would never get any of my money. Migos yeah. are trash. Yeah, also, Beyonce like worth it. A free situation for me, or I'm not paying. Yeah, I would say Beyonce is worth it. I'm gonna say Drake is worth it. He's pretty good live. He's Drake, pretty good. Okay, I like pretty mm. I'm not Jay paying is for scissors. Hell no. Jay-Z, can, he's missable. No, nah, I, I bang with Jay-Z. I bang with Jay-Z's copy live. But I still just look quite, quite... But you're like a Jay-Z fan. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm a fan as hell, so... You've I, been his fan since I've met you. you are not I'm a new. fan, but, like, he missed me. I would prefer to hear him on the on an album. Mm-hmm. In my car. Riding around. Personally. You know who I don't... I'm tired of The weekend. I feel like his ticket's way too expensive. For what the oh, fuck? Because white doing. people love him. White people love the weekend. I don't want to see him. Bruno Mars, I'd see him. Now he's oh, worth the money. Oh, yeah, Bruno. I would definitely pay for I'd Bruno. Bruno. And Miguel's tickets aren't that expensive, but Miguel is really good live. Miguel is good live. Yeah, Miguel is oh, good. Miguel has great energy live. Yes, he so actually is coming to the anthem. On her head. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, nah. That's not good. No bueno. Oh, I remember when Kevin Gates kicked the bitch in the head. No, he did on Miguel did on accident. He like fell on her or something. Oh yeah, you talking about? He was like um, at a festival. He was trying to jump across the stage, and there was like a pit of people. Yeah, and he didn't clear the stage, and he kicked their ass in the head. Oh yeah, that was sued his ass too. Yep. Mm -hmm. After she was all on TV with him, and then sued him. Well, you know, I would have sued his ass too. My bad, nigga. <laughs> I exactly. need that check. I'd have sued the shit out of him. You can't be like, like either you could just give me fifty k with a fucking heel. And you know he wears heels. He's like yeah, five foot two. He wears heels. He's wearing those Prince heels, the boots. <laughs> it was like the emoji boot. He can't the head with heels. <laughs> 
Do men still wear heels, short niggas? Do y'all still wear heels? Please. Y'all should email the um, uh, YBAB Gmail and tell me if you still <laughs> wear heels. Because I really want to know. Uh, okay. So, mm. Richie, you was doing your hair today. You got any um, health and beauty trends for us or some things you've been doing? I see you're, you're definitely yes. natural. Everybody here is natural. I don't think perms exist anymore. I think we killed the perm in like 2013. Unless you have a shortcut. Yeah, unless you have a pixie cut. <laughs> mm-hmm. I well, haven't had a relaxer since 2004. Woo! That's a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I got my I'm first relaxer in 2004. Like, <laughs> my last one was in 2008. So... Yeah, my last one, I remember I was at Rutgers and I used to do it myself. And then I finally just said, you know what? I'm not doing this shit no more. Like, oh. I feel like everybody went okay. natural in college. Like, it was hard to keep up a relaxer in college. It was. Wait for mom, <laughs> with some strange hairdressers. You don't mm. know where to go. Like, I was, I was like, you know what? in Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have that fucking auntie scout. cut. Yeah, no. Mm, yeah, we had, we only had like one hair salon <laughs> in our area, and it was a weave shop. Yeah, and you know, there was always a couple of girls in the dorms that did hair too. That but they were fake on us. They would be like, yeah, "I don't do hair." Next thing you know, they come out the bathroom and have a whole head of hair. I'm yeah. like, "Man, this is crazy!" Damn, you don't do hair, but you sure look good right now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I had to get cool with the joints who was doing hair. At first, they wasn't fucking with me. <laughs> uh, I don't know, sis. You might need to go get that uh, Dominican blowout. They was charging. They was charging shorties. Like, I would have paid. I would have paid. I would have paid. Yeah. But then you, you also went to Hampton to see HBCU. Rutgers a little different. It's few and far between. Half them bitches can't even coro. I know I was oh, one of them. I, I would have made so much bread on that campus. Oh man, you and I'm been raggedy. Eating. I'm not even good. Like, <laughs> I'm like, sis, if I hold it down, you could clamp it. Like, I'm all trying to struggle to get it done. But I've noticed, like, with my hair, at least that. I've been trying not to use as much shampoo because I've been hearing like, oh, you shouldn't use shampoo. Granted, I still use it when I'm swimming because I swim and teach swim lessons. So I got to get that chlorine out of my hair. And I just personally don't feel like conditioner is going to get it out. Mm-hmm. But um, I also like before I swim, I'll put conditioner in my hair, you know, get in there. Then I'll definitely won't rinse it out if I don't wash it right away, I'll definitely rinse my hair as soon as I get out of the pool. That's why they got chlorine in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah. So the chlorine was tricky shit. <laughs> no, yeah, it's so gross. It's so gross. But, I mean, just think, if you ain't had that, then you really gonna catch something. Yeah, your oh, hair girl. is fragile. I don't know. I, um, I really feel like your diet is the best hair tip that mm. you really take. And yeah, you're like what you eat and the water that you drink really does make a difference in like how your hair is. And then I think using as natural of products as you can find. Mm-hmm. 
my hair does better with the more natural, like the less chemicals and stuff are in it, the better my hair does with it. Now, do you guys like make your own shit? I know sometimes I'll be mixing shit up in my uh, like kitchen. I just don't have the time well, for that. <laughs> when my hair was in the best shape, it was when I was making stuff in the kitchen. But mm-hmm. I ain't got time for that shit. So I just buy like vegan hair products now. Mm, okay. Yeah. I um I tried. I used to try to like whip my shea butter because you know how shea butter gets like hard and mm-hmm. shit i'm like making sure it's whipped up so all i gotta do is go in there and be like okay yeah, it's, it's good it's ready but i don't know like it's it's not i feel like it's more beneficial to be natural but it's just not one of those things you could keep like natural doesn't mean unkept like you really still have to put in the work. I feel like I had to put. I feel like way more work. Way more work. <laughs> yeah. This ever throwing the plan. Dedicated to this bullshit. And honestly, like I, I question how dedicated I am. But like, I don't think I could ever go back to getting relaxers. Like, mm-hmm. I can't imagine having to go to a hair salon to get my hair done because I'm not putting a relaxer in myself. I'm just not. Yeah. No. I'll, I'll, I'll fuck my hair up, and I don't want to do that. Have Even you ever done it? Good. No, I've never put a relaxer in my hair, ever. I've never even let somebody that's unlicensed put a relaxer in my hair, but I've still gotten burned. So that's why I know that y'all haven't, who haven't gone to school, y'all not doing that to my hair. No. It's chemicals. No. They gotta get licensed for that. No. Mm -hmm. Even when I was getting relaxers, my hair didn't get, like, it wasn't straight and full of body. It would just look stupid. So then I stopped (laughs) doing them. And now, like, I got this puff puff right now, but I'm really a protective style gal. I, they're low maintenance, just get up and go, because I really, like, the braid out, twist out patience is something that I lack. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I just took some twists out, probably going to get some crochet braids in another week or two. So, yeah, I'm that type of natural. <laughs> Yeah, I really want to get a weave, but I'm just going to hold off until CDC weekend because y'all already know the kid trying to stunt. <laughs> but, I'm going to get yeah. a weave for my friend's um, wedding. I'm a bridesmaid in the wedding in the beginning. Of the Uh-oh. Day. So I'm going to get some bundles. <laughs> it's going to be a new me. <laughs> I, I feel I might like I'm like... I don't even know. You don't even know. It might be a new me. I feel like I get upset because I'm like, damn, I still haven't really been invited to no weddings yet. I just really don't know nobody getting married. Like, <laughs> me neither, y'all. You know, it, it happens, like, all at once. Like, it was like, oh, man, everybody keeps saying there's going to be a whole bunch of weddings. And I was like, hmm, none of my friends are getting married. And then, like, boom, bang. Like, every time I turn around, somebody's getting married. Literally like, all, all the all weddings. All of my friends are married. It just happened. And it was in the last two, three years. All the weddings I've been through, I've been a guest. <laughs> like, it's usually, like, my ex-boyfriend's friends, and they're getting married, and he's like, okay. Um. I, I don't know. All I got to say is it, it happens to everybody. Everybody says it. It's, it's day. All at once, everybody's no. starting to get married. You're going to be looking around like, shit. <laughs> it got real. Everybody got married. <laughs> Fuck am I doing? <laughs> That's what happens. I'm not just getting here. I didn't even-
Are you guys still there? Okay, I'm sorry. I don't oh, yeah, yeah it was, that was weird. I was like, what? That yeah, was so weird. Confused. It just kind of like blacked out. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, this is, as I was saying, I, yeah, I just haven't been invited to any weddings. I've been I, in a lot of weddings in the last couple of years. Like a lot. Like I, I've pretty much told all my friends at this point, I'm retired until 2020. Like just get me until 2020. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not doing it no more. It's at least it's at least a thousand a wedding, at least bare minimum. Ooh, we have my joint at the rack. And that's another thing. If they're waiting for my father to be paying for some shit, y'all asses. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> my father has a lot for my wedding, but I'm like, can you just slide me a check? I'm 32 like I could just get a house that's attractive that can yeah. attract the husband <laughs> I mean, yeah. to be honest though I'll take the lump sum too like yo pops like, we'll get this destination wedding right. popping Everybody who want to come, going like, pull and then up. I like, I do feel like at this point, I'm a little too old to have like a big ass wedding and like a big shit. What? Like, <laughs> I am like I yeah. feel like I'm too. I've old been to a lit ass forty year old wedding, and that joint was the most lit wedding. I've I'm ever been super to. good on that. I just feel like at that <laughs> at that age, like I don't know. It's just like. <laughs> Why are you trying to be the center of attention? Like, Why are you about to be the center? Like, I'm about to say, you at that I point, you got bread. I, I don't know. I was so silly <laughs> at this point having just some big ass wedding and inviting over a hundred some odd people. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, I don't know. I just mm-hmm. want it to be people that I actually care about and that I know that actually care about me. and Mm-hmm. The older you get, not just you know, there to not talk shit. People, it's not 150 people. You don't know 150 people that care about you. You don't. Uh, shit, I'm kind of thinking about that now. Like, I was like, how many people would I actually really want in my wedding? Like, if I said, you know, like as of now, how many people I would really want to invite? It's really not that big. So I was like, to be honest, I don't need no big ass wedding because oh. it's not even a lot of people that I really want to come. I feel like at this point, my wedding, nah, my wedding would be fucking huge. Like, my, my oh, yeah, you, you know too many people. <laughs> like, my wedding would be ginormous. That's why I'm like, I gotta wait for people to fall off. You really know a lot of people. <laughs> I gotta wait for people to fall right. off. <laughs> <laughs> wait five years. Like, yeah, we was cool back then. And just imagine, like, bridal parties. People will get, like, mad. Like, oh, damn, you ain't having me in the wedding. But yeah. sis, I ain't really talked to you, so nah, I didn't. And also, you <laughs> nah, other I really factors. just feel like at this age, I could just do what the fuck I want. Because, like, at this point, everybody's just like, whoo, we glad you got married, girl. Like, <laughs> we ain't know you was going to make it. We ain't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> it gets real. So, like, nah, I think I could just do whatever fuck I want. So, I'm not going to invite no one, anyone I don't want to invite. I'm not going to put anyone in my wedding I don't want to put in my wedding. Mm. I will do nothing mm-hmm. that I don't want to do. And no one else will have any input. Even my parents, who will probably be paying for most of it. And it's like, if you want to put a whole bunch of input in, we be good on the money then. We're good mm. on that. Mm-hmm. We don't need to take that. Yeah, I don't want to invite 
cousins I never seen before. I'm not doing family that. members I ain't never heard of. Mm-hmm. I'm like, who's this? You know, that's Boogie cousin. Who that? Who's Boogie? Who is that? Like, I ain't. I don't. I don't know. No. I'm not. I, I'm I know not. my my father gonna invite the whole neighborhood. That's just how he is. Like, yeah, pull up, pull up. Y'all need no ticket. Like, what you mean they don't need no ticket? No invite. Like, I'll have security. Yes, you do. Try me. Try me. I'm like, who told you that? That man, he ain't contributing that one dime to this wedding. I don't know what he talking about. <laughs> you know, you was only supposed to listen to me and me only. Mm-hmm. Not even my husband. You can't yeah, even listen. Don't even to listen to him. That nigga will have you. I was asked out too. Mm-mm, not at Fuck all. You Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we've come to the end where we tell the world what is bothering us. And da 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 da. So Richie said she was last. So it, <laughs> come on, you will be first to tell us what is bothering you. <laughs> Anything at all. <laughs> Um, it's always broad. Shows we watch them, the we read are retarded. Like everything that we consume, everything that we listen to, stupid. Without it's without soul, it's without spirit, without heart, and it's like I'm looking around like, does no one else notice this? Does no one else see this? Does anyone else see the inauthenticity of our world? And no one, mm. no one does. And it bothers the fuck out of me. That is what's bothering me right now. Do you think it's because we're all cookie cutters? <laughs> I don't know what it is. I, I don't cutters. know if it's like social media, if it's instant gratification, if it's, it's if it's like the, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I really don't. I don't know like why the world turned the way it's turning. <laughs> and I don't know where we went wrong. I think it was the a level lot of, of sensitivity. I don't know. I think it's just sensitivity. Like, we were kind of built on tougher skin and more resilience on being comfortable with oneself. As of now, it's like, if you don't like yourself, you could just change yourself. I don't even know if that's a problem. It's just, I don't know. It's like the performing for each mm-hmm. other. I don't, I don't understand that. Because, like, you can change whatever you want about yourself or express yourself however you want to. And I really don't think that that would, this would be the end result. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. it's the performance. It's the trying to, Mm -hmm. like, do for other people and and be outside of self. I don't understand it. And I don't know why why that happens. Mm -hmm. And why it's happening so, it's so, like, widespread. (laughs) It's everywhere. It's everybody. It's like a virus. <laughs> it is. It's like a glitch in the matrix right now, young. Oh, man. So okay. now, Iris, what is bothering you? <laughs> <clears throat> okay. So what is bothering me is, so when we see these, I guess, celebrity black men or non-celebrity black men, who um, are dating women who are like racially ambiguous or white women. And then black women see that and we feel a way about it. And then other people say, oh, you can't be mad. That's just their preference. And 
I, it's bothering me that people don't see this being something bigger than just general preference. It's not just black women being mad at interracial dating just for the sake of being mad. This is an ongoing trend that we see all the time that is bothersome to a lot of us because we, you can't ignore the statistics and like the facts and figures about black women marrying or Mm -hmm. um, how other, how other people or stereotypes that are perpetuated about black women. Mm -hmm. You can't ignore that these things are still believed by a lot of people. So when we see like, and then the terminology, like, oh, when you get on, he leave your ass for a white girl. Like that shit like that. Like we see that we like feel that all the time. So we feel ways about it. And I think that we are allowed to feel ways about it, bring attention to it and like want to discuss it and talk about it. And I think that people really just trying to shut it, shun it away or um, shoo it away just as black women being mad again, or um, us talking about somebody's preference or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I think that it's really deeper than that. And it's more than that. And I think that those men who do it, they are intentionally ignoring that it's something deeper. And that's bothers me. Mm, I like that. It's a great take, hot take. But I can also, I mean, I can see that. Like, in certain cases, I'm like, okay, I can see how this couple ended up together. But if it's like, I hate to say this, but if you like a dope boy, Gucci Mane ass nigga, and you like, man, I gotta have me a foreign. You don't know shit about foreign. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you just sound ignorant as hell. Like, or my girl gotta be from this place. My girl gotta have this body type. My girl gotta have a fat ass and a slim nose and a cute waist. It's just like... See, but and, here's the thing. They be saying that, but then their baby moms don't look like that. But the hood baby moms look like that. It's, when they get on and get rich, then they be looking like Drake baby moms. And that would be like... Uh, all right I don't know I think that that is the biggest thing it's like I feel like they're using certain a certain look I think that they're lose. I think that they're using a certain look of women as a status symbol mm-hmm. more so and kind of like leaving black women in the dust or it's even worse when it's like the guys be like oh yeah my, my beautiful black queen but then when you see how they interact and you see their actions and they see what it's like in real life. It's like, hmm, do you really feel that way? Or Kinda, you do you guys on? watch Grownish? My man was yes. like, I, okay, first of all, I love Luca. Let me just I love that show. It's such a good show. Luca is literally just like my favorite person in that whole show. So I was glad that she ended up with him. Luca's weird <laughs> to me. I just, I just fuck with his mind. Like it's really just on a different. His mind just on a different level. Like they're all actually a little weird to me, but I think it's a cute show. And I thought, like the point that she he made about Aaron, he was like, "Yeah, you preach all this black power stuff, but your girl's more Egyptian, not Nubian." And it was like, "Damn!" So he tried to fire like the blackest joint. It was like, "Look, here I am with a black girl," and it's like. <laughs> Nigga, no. And I've seen that happen so many times. Like, the always I want to be down ass black guy. And then he's like, flaunting around 
in closed doors with a white woman or a racially ambiguous girlfriend. It's like, you don't need to feel comfortable enough showing your wife off or girlfriend or whatever to your peers. But yet you preach all this stuff. Like, I don't know, like it's beneath you, but you're doing this behind closed doors. So it's kind of like, why do you feel the need to fear what you feel like? If it was really just preference, you wouldn't be fearing it. Like, I, I think that there's some deep. I think there's some deeper. Every time I see it, I'm like, I'll be peeping. People who I know, they'll talk all this about black women, this black women, that. But then you'll see what they actually like gravitate to, or you see the switch up. And I think that there's, I think there's deeper meaning. I think there's more of a reason to it. So, and I think that people need to stop acting like black women just mad not to be mad because like we see these like there are statistics, there are facts, there are figures that show that people have these preconceived notions about us and see us as less desirable like statistics wise. I'm saying not everybody and I don't want nobody who don't want me, but I'm just saying we're not about to just act like we just mad just because for no reason. Okay. Like, damn, we're not just hating. Historically, that has been the case. I I will say this. I do feel like there has been a renaissance um, around appreciation of melanin and brown Mm -hmm. and and deeper complexion and the complexity of the diaspora that is being Black. Like, and that does come in all shades. It's not just the Nubian. It is also the Egyptian. That is also Mm -hmm. a part of being Black. It's also the racially ambiguous woman. She is also Black as well. There's, you know, albino women. There's women that look white that are, you know, heritage, culturally, you know, even genetically are Black. And that Mm -hmm. is the beauty of our our race. Mm -hmm. You know, it does come in all of those colors. And that's not, there's not only one expression of being Black. So like, Mm -hmm. I think there is a renaissance of that appreciation and, and that comes in all of the shades. And I feel like I think it just that Historically, that has been the case, that the lighter complexed, the racially ambiguous has been exalted and the brown-skinned woman has been, like, downtrodden. But I would mm-hmm. say that I do see that there is a shift in culture in the attitudes surrounding that. I will yeah. I will say some of it feels very showy and very like, I feel like, I feel like a lot of it, I I would question how much of it is actually genuine because I don't want to say you just being like, oh my gosh, she's so beautiful. Oh my gosh, she has such beautiful, rich, dark skin. But is that something that you, is, is your appreciation for that something genuine or is that something that you feel like you need to do now? to prove your blackness. I see different, I see, I, I just see, see different things. Mm-hmm. Fetishize, yeah. yeah. So that's why I'm like, I can see yeah, different, that's different least, you know, just, That's a concern, but that's a concern on all ends. Like, you know, everyone has that concern. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, as a black person being in, in that range, we all have that insecurity there. Is it like, mm-hmm. are you fetishizing me? Like even the yeah. racially ambiguous chick is like, is it because I'm foreign? Yeah, I have a lot of lighter friends that do not like it. Like, if if a guy is, like, really infatuated over there. You know, we all all have that insecurity, Mm -hmm. you know, because that's how the world treats us. And, like, what do you guys think of, like, the natural hair movement? I feel like was taken over kind of by the racially ambiguous. Mm -hmm. I I think it goes higher than three C curls. I I think it's three two. I mean, what do you, do you I, I resent that. I do because there's beauty in all of the ranges of it. Mm-hmm. And I've seen some beautiful four four C's and, you know, like 
super kinkies and you know there's beautiful ways to do all of these textures of hair and I think that's the beauty in it so like I've seen haven't I just don't like, like the fact that if I turn on the TV if I'm seeing like Shea Moisture commercials, mm-hmm. why the fuck is it always 3C? Yeah, they don't show the diversity of the textures. It's the same. They might do a show. quick flash of a dark skin joint with the most <laughs> rich skin. Yeah, and then like a quick, like, yeah, she uses it too. Even when I go in the store, it's like, oh, made for this curl pattern. Made for this curl pattern. Like, goddamn, I gotta make my own shit. And my hair, I mean, you got the viewers can't I mean the listeners can't see but I have curls I got big curls I got tight curls I have all types like my hair is literally combination and one I mean that's just not like I don't know like to me I feel like we took something that was supposed to be ugly that they thought was ugly and they glory right oh you had nappy hair you was this you was that back in the day and then now that it's glorified and we're like, okay, nobody's buying the perm no more. What way can we create another divide? And I just feel yeah. like a lot of times I see that happen. One of my issues is like when people say like, oh yeah, embrace your natural hair, embrace your natural hair, but you see the types of natural hair that they big up is very specific. Like, yeah. It's like people don't have Loose appreciation curls. for all, yeah, they don't have yeah. appreciation for all textures. It's like, those big super like like beautiful still but just um big loose curls so I think that that's kind of where um I have like a little bit of a issue with it because it's just like what do you really do you really want natural like like you want a girl who doesn't wear any makeup but if she has hyperpigmentation or something then it's like oh no but not her with no makeup the person with the clearest skin and everything's super perfect with no makeup so Mm mm-hmm yeah okay <laughs> I guess it's me so okay so for my final what's bothering me <sighs> I am tired of helping people who do not want to help themselves mm. you I, I mean so many times I'm presented with hey I would like to do this or I have this goal I have this aspiration I really want to achieve xyz and I'm like okay me I'm somebody who likes to push my friends towards whatever they would like to do. Or if I can aid them in any type of way, I'm like, okay, which way do you need my help? X, Y, Z. But if I present you with opportunities and you keep letting me down, I'm not going to keep giving you opportunities. It's like, I can't help you become successful in your own craft, but you don't want to help yourself. So I guess my biggest issue is those people who want to be at the top but don't want to climb the ladder. You know, I have a strict policy of not doing that. I refuse to help anyone that refuses to, you know, help themselves. Like, Mm -hmm. that whole adage of, like, you can take them to water, but you can't make them drink. Like, Mm -hmm. you got to show some initiative on your part, you know? Mm -hmm. So if you're not hitting some markers that I feel like if somebody who wanted this opportunity would hit, bet we not going any further than that cool you ain't even gonna realize i missed the opportunity because i'll never bring it up again and it'll never happen again exactly like i'm just really tired of that and i'm like okay 
it's really disappointing. How, how many times you want me to say, okay, I can help you, but yet you're nowhere around. Like I had a friend who has been asking me recently, like, yeah, I really want to be a part of the podcast. I really want to get into this media around. And I'm like, okay, I'm just starting, but I'm having my own special episode, like come out, come out, come out. And I had like, mind you, I've been telling her like, this is what you want to do. Like, I know you want to be on the podcast for a minute. And then she finally like, mm, yeah, I'm going to just pass this time. I'll be on the next one. You thought he was going to be on the next one. You're not. I'm saying this right now. You're not about to be on the next one, son. I gave you a chance. You're not Are you talking to me? Because, like, I do apologize. For no. Like, I'm no. not talking to you. Like, I really do. Like, that's not like me. I told you it happened. It's not within my routine. Nah. My routine. I did what my routine is. You know what that is. We talk yeah. about fun. Like, it fucks with me. No, head. no, this was not for you. <laughs> but I'm just really like, oh, how you gonna, how you gonna tell me you hungry but then don't want to eat? Like it just don't make no sense. You can't make them eat. It's like, like you it's can't. There's no, no reason to even get upset about it. Like I oh really no, I'm not upset. Like, I'm just saying like, this is crazy. You really hurting yourself. You're not really hurting me at the end of the day. Like no, nah, and I don't even think you shouldn't even take it that way. It's not a personal thing. It's like mm-hmm. you know, I gave you the opportunity. You didn't want to take it back. It's no love lost. We still cool, but like that'll never happen again. So <laughs> I have an interesting take here. So not really interesting, but so I was talking to a group of people about what fear looks like to them and. A lot of times fear looks like somebody like presenting you with the opportunity and you turning it down or you not doing it because you're scared of your own potential or what you could be capable of or you're afraid mm-hmm. that you won't be good enough, thing like that. So because I totally feel you, Chris, on this and I felt this way, but I realize now I kind of try to meet people, try to like help a person in a way that doesn't put me on or that doesn't like super waste my time or energy or put my my reputation or myself on the line yeah and mm kind of like try to figure out like nah you should really you should really take this opportunity like because this is this seems like it's just fear talking like you could do this and you because I definitely have some instances where I was about to turn down an opportunity because I was scared that I wasn't good enough and I realized that oh this is just fear talking I need to do this shit right now um a lot of people are afraid of success. I've seen that. I've seen that in myself. So I know I can definitely relate to what you're doing. But it's yeah. like, I also am the type of person, if something is thrown in my lap, I'm going to catch that shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to let the ball drop if it's given to me. Now, if you say, hey, you should do X, Y, Z to get X, Y, Z, nine times out of ten, I'm, I mean, not nine times out of ten, but... I may not always do it mm-hmm. because I have steps that I need to do. Okay. That's putting the onus on me. But if I basically put this shit in your lap, like mm-hmm. here and you don't want to grab it. It's like, yo, do you really want this at all? Do you yeah. want this for yourself? Or are you just talking? But you know, like a lot like of people just be question. talking. Like you only have to ask the question. They answered mm-hmm. it. <laughs> They don't want it. <laughs> and then they see you doing all these things. They're like, oh, you're doing X, Y, Z. How, how can you help me do that? I was like, remember when I just had you mm. do X, Y, Z? 
and you wasn't fucking with me. Now you see the fruits of my labor, and you're like, okay. Oh, no. Nah, basically, nah, the answer. I want to eat. Nah, the answer no, will always be now. like, oh, nah, like, because we already did the work for this. this yeah, the work's already done. Been done. You so. what? What did Rick Ross say? You wasn't with me shooting in the gym? (laughs) Like, we're building on something new now. Like, and, you know, you already missed the first step. Like, you can't go back. We can't go back. That's not Mm -hmm. how that works. That's it. Damn, homie, you know? Let me know if you think of something original. I I could possibly help you. You let me know. Maybe. Yeah, right. You put me on. Let me know what's good. (laughs) I'm done leading these horses to water, yo. I'm not doing it. And make these hoes drink, dog. Life's super fucking short. And I came in this bitch by myself. I'm going to leave by myself. And that's pretty much my motto Mm. at that point. But yeah, thanks you guys for listening to another episode of Young, Black, and Bother. And this was your girl, Chris Cash, for her special bonus episode. (laughs)